And Dr. Isaac Homo joins me now on the line as we reflect on the 25th of May. It is Africa Day and uh, the annual commemoration of the foundation of the Organization of African Unity. Dr. Homo, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening to you and good evening to our listeners. And Dr. I want us to maybe start off here. I think a lot of people uh, like to see this date of uh, you know, May 25, 1963 outside of its context. And uh, it certainly does come on the back of a lot of rumbling and organization on the continent and uh, even in the diaspora uh, to try and uh, speak in one voice as a continent or if I'm to use a cricket metaphor, bat on the same wicket. Let's maybe start off there before we even get uh, to this convening on May 25 in 1963. Okay, uh, May 25, 1963, when they formed the, the OAU, now that thing did a very good job. It actually sort of um, it actually sort of combined African efforts to come and free the Southern Africans who were really suffering from colonial settlerism, and very big thing. But after that, <clears throat> they went to the greater height of their aspiration, which were long talked about, and that is forming an African Union. And um, with that, they did form the African Union, and the African Union had its goals. Uh, of actually eventually having a union which is something like the European Union. And uh, one of the biggest issues about the uh, African Union, it was actually for the economic liberation of Africa. But going that way, we have been faced with a lot of problems, uh, which until today are still surfacing time and time again. But I think we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, let's talk about 63 in that moment. Uh, you know, I was saying to somebody on social media, uh, uh, early on that uh, I guess we can't think of some of um, the current uh, issues that we have and the current disunity, if I can use that term uh, here on the continent, outside of the divisions of that first uh, convening of the OAU, uh, what uh, many people saw as the, I guess, different ideological underpinnings uh, in a Cold War global context, uh, the Monrovia and the Casablanca groupings, uh, who had a different, I guess, vision of uh, what African unity would look like. Uh, one grouping really wanted to push, uh, you know, the whole gamut uh, to have a continental currency, continental administration, and, uh, you know, free movement of goods, people, and capital, uh, you know, across the different continent. And the other probably wanted uh, some retention of the status quo and uh, some uh, maybe sort of Western-inspired federal system. Let's talk about that. Okay. Are you talking about 63 or are you talking about the aims and goals of the African Union? Well, well, I'm talking about the divisions um, that came after '63 because I, yeah. you know, I think the, yeah, there was see, yes, the yeah, yeah, okay, but there okay, a lot yeah, of yeah, divisions yeah, yeah. On but tactics. the yeah, issue about actually sort of having a common currency and a common African Union was not the major thing in '63, because basically we should understand that the African Union is just a continuation of the Pan Africanist movement, mm. the Great Pan Africanist movement 1945, which was called by the West Indians, yeah, the diaspora, they were the pushers of that. It was Dubois, it was Sierra James, yeah, Padmore, yeah, the big names. You know, though the first aim of the 1945, sorry for that, Manchester, it was actually for national liberation. Yes. And that's why they actually set the path towards uh, liberation. Now, when that was achieved in the 60s, yeah, there still remained very difficult areas of settler colonialism. Now, that's the thing that people understand. Settler colonialism was not the same type of colonialism as the rest of Africa yes, suffered. Yes. Yeah, apart from the Southern Africa who suffered settler colonialism, another country that suffered from settler colonialism, it was Algeria. 
and they had to fight a bitter war with over one million dead to achieve their independence. And another country which was under settler colonialism, which fought, yeah, it was Kenya. Kenya. Mm, the Mau Mau. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then from there, it actually moved. Now, in 63, that's where plans were being put on how to actually come and dismantle. Not defeat, dismantle. The settler colonialism in southern Africa was not defeated. It was dismantled. Mm. Yeah, with a lot of remnants of settler colonialism in the economy. The economies of South Africa is just nothing but just settler colonialism. But those were the aims. But now, going forward, people came now saying that African, the OAU has achieved its goals to liberate African countries. But now there's a second uh, thing, which, which was a long-term pro- project of having an African Union. Yes. Now, that is where it is. Now, the African Union, its formation yeah, and its birth, it is complex because... With these colonies, ex-colonies of um, the Europeans, they were really tied at the breast or at the sides to the colonial economies. Yeah, that's where you found that with Nkrumah having problems with that, he came with his monumental book, Capitalism, sorry, uh, Neocolonialism, the higher stage of imperialism. Yes. Yeah, and that has actually shown itself, you know, because um, I don't know if you could go and talk more about issues of imperialism mm. and uh, higher stages of capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Where they came to manifest themselves in the 70s and 80s, it was in the third world. The Asiatics and also the Africans, the Asiatics fought off the European neocolonialism. Mm. They did it in Vietnam, the Chinese had done it before, the Indonesian did it after the, the Second Japanese World War. Yeah, yeah, they did it, and it's a lot of blood. But Africans could not. And we are still within the shackles of um, neocolonialism. And, but now, as we are going forward, what has been fought for now? It is actually that union, but that union which is going to, be encom- which is going to encompass the release from the neocolonial situation. Mm. Yeah, and so we find that we want to form a common market now within the global... Globalization is this yes, I, I want us to pause here for a second because I think, uh, you know, uh, this is going to make for a perfect segue into what I want us to discuss next. So uh, I want us to take a brief break and uh, mm-hmm. maybe catch your breath for a second, grab something, <laughs> grab some water to drink. Because when we come back, uh, you raise the issue of globalization. And, yeah. Uh, and I want us to speak about, you know, what, what uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the pursuit of African unity in an institutionalized form like the African Union means in a world where multilateralism and even, I guess, uh, the kind of uh, globalization or globalism that you're talking about mm-hmm. is increasingly under threat. But uh, let's pause there. We'll continue on the other side of this brief break. I'm in conversation with uh, Ndada Isa Komo, and uh, we are taking stock of Africa Day and what we are to commemorate and, uh, of course, giving uh, some impetus and uh, some thought on uh, what are some of the key tasks of uh, those who are interested in the renaissance of our continent, uh, who refer to themselves as uh, people who are pan-Africanists and uh, who have uh, an embedded interest in uh, the unity of our continent. We'll continue on the other side of this break. SABC3 invites you to tune in on Monday and Tuesday evenings at 9.30pm for the mini-series Mother Fathers, 
uh, Mother Fathers On. And uh, this psycho thriller is set within systems of power in politics, media and the police. All the drama revolves around a family uh, that is pulled together under catastrophic circumstances. Starring Richard Gere. Remember, it's on Mondays and Tuesdays at 9.30pm only on SABC3. The stage is yours. Eight minutes it is before 9pm and uh, uh, we uh, take stock of uh, all of the strides made to uh, unify the continent of Africa. And uh, in our analysis of Africa Day, I'm joined by presenter and producer at Channel Africa here at the uh, public broadcaster here at the SABC. And that's in Dade Isaac Homo. And in Dade Homo, you started to mention, I guess, uh, you know, uh, what the tasks look like in uh, the contemporary environment. Uh, with what we have with globalization and uh, mm. uh, it's quite interesting because today a lot of people were saying and, and I, you know, I remember someone like Velim Pele saying today that our African Union in many ways has been fashioned um, in a very sort of European Union-like subtext and very <laughs> different uh, to what uh, the likes of Nkrumah, Haile Selassie and many others and Nyerere uh, would have wanted. Uh, what do you make of that and more importantly what do you make of the tasks of unifying our continent uh, from an economic, political, and a social perspective, in a world where multilateral is multilateralism is in question, and some people might further add is under siege. I mean, if you look at the right-wing advance and uh, the attacks that there have been uh, on this um, idea of continental and even global unity. Yeah. Well, there are many things we talk about. Uh, also, talk about the vision of Nyerere, vision of Nkrumah. In fact, mm. Nkrumah and Nyerere never agreed yes. on the on the road forward towards African Union. Mm. Yeah, Nkrumah just wanted a union block, strong nation which has been formed, and also a block army, where Nyerere said, no, let it be gradual. And that mm-hmm. also comes from the Pafmesa, you know, the two Pafmesa, the Pan-African Mesa things, there was one which was based in Monrovia, another was Casablanca. Casablanca yes. Yeah, but those are old things. But then now, coming to the modern era, I think the modern era is this that, uh, as the gentleman whom you mentioned talked about, we are fashioning ourselves onto, onto what you call it, the European uh, model of uh, the European Union. Yes. Yeah, it, we, are, we are actually modeling ourselves there, but there is a difference. You see, the difference is this, that the European, European uh, Union it, it did not start as a political organization, it started as an economic, it started mm. as the EEC, Economic Commission, yes. yeah? European Economic Commission, yeah, which was, uh, which was uh, France, Germany, I think, and Italy. Britain was not there. De Gaulle did not want Britain in there. Mm. Yeah? But eventually Britain got there. But then with that, with the uh, sort of uh, economic union, the economic free market, that's where they came up to the political union. Now, on the African side, because of our neo-colonial issue and the mere fact that African experience is unlike the Asiatic or the Asian or the European, in the sense that we basically are fighting for political independence and not only that, for forming nations. African nations are a very young um, proposition. You know, nations are not just things we were born yesterday. The oldest nation in the world are the Asiatics. Uh, China's got 5,000 years of nationhood, India's and whatnot. Sure. The Europeans have got it from, well, they say that they're the first nations, they're not. They're Asiatic. But Africans, we have hardly even got 50, 60 years of, being, of nationhood. What we were in the colonial days were nothing but just uh, colonial states. Mm, satellite yeah. states. Uh, yeah, the colonial states, they're not nations. So the first job of the independent uh, governments was to form a nationhood, you see. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was a challenge. 
Now, I'll digress a bit to talk about the challenge of Africans in nation form. A colonial state is actually an entity, uh, a physical, uh, geographical entity where there's a colonial power which actually maintains its, 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 its rule by force. They never thought of actually forming a nation out of the different multi mini national groups which are there. Yeah, at independence, then the independent countries had a job of forming those nations. But then they had a problem because once they did so in a Western democratic uh, environment, yeah, then the, the polity or the politics, it revolved around tribalism and that had a theme of actually disintegration. Uh, mm. So that's why you find that most African nations, they went for a one-party state. That was not a thing that the guys were not democratic. They actually removed the things which was there to break down the nation. And that did happen in Nigeria. Nigeria almost collapsed from tribal, tribal, tribal nationalism. The, the, yeah, the, the Biafra War. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, in the 60s. Hmm. And the military came and put it together. People actually criticized the Nigerian military, but it did a big job hmm. in actually saving Nigeria. I guess so, but, the likes of the Buhari we have now, I mean, you know, he, he was a big military man. He was a military man, yeah, but I mean, to say the people who came forward with the Mustalari, those people fought to keep Nigeria together. People don't understand that. Military governments, you know, they actually came up, they had they were being used eventually, yeah, by the former colonial masters, but in certain circumstances like Nigeria, they kept the country together. Mm. Yeah? But all the same, that is part of the thing. Now coming to when you talk about the nation, the African Union and the African Union as you want it in the multilateral atmosphere. You know, multilateralism as organizations, those are global organizations and also continental organizations. And again, we have globalization. Globalization is a reality. Although you find the, the moves now to come against globalization, which basically you find it in, uh, in the USA, you don't want it because it's affecting them. You find it in Europe where globalization has affected the independence of the different nations. But truly speaking, economically, globalization is a reality. But then, for African countries to exist in a global, in a global market, or in a global uh, sort of atmosphere, it's impossible for the small. When I talk of small, I don't mean small in size, but I'm mm. talking about small in economic strength. Markets are small, yes. Yeah, no, no the, 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 the economies are small. Mm. Yeah? But then... You, I'll go back to Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, when he was last year, when, he, uh, when, the, when South Africa actually hosted the big meeting with China. Mm. Now, Xi Jinping said one thing. He says that he understands the problem of Africa. And he says that people should go away now from the globalized market to globalized trade. Yeah, and then he says, he says that Africa has got to be given a capacity, it's got to have a capacity, manufacturing capacity, mm. so that it can trade with other countries. And that's our challenge. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, Dadekho, people, Dadekho, yeah? Uh, unfortunately, we have run out of time. But uh, uh, I, I think, I, I, no, I think you, we can stop on that point and point, that uh, certainly in the analysis that you've given us, that uh, yeah. the key tasks... Uh, certainly, uh, the uh, I wouldn't say the integration of Africa into the global yeah, market, because we already okay. are, but okay, on much, okay. much better terms. Let, let, okay, I'll just um, make one yeah, yeah. last statement. Okay. You know, the Ebola pandemic yes. has actually exposed the weaknesses of, of, of Africa, of and people have realized yeah, them. Yeah. Mm. 
and what is going to happen now after the Ebola pandemic? Africa is really going to come together and develop its manufacturing sector. And again, that manufacturing sector is going to be strong and is mm. going to be outside the Chinese. Africa is no longer going to be a dumping place yeah, for either yeah. Chinese or European. We'll have to leave mm. it there. And uh, thank you very much, as always, for taking time out to speak to us. Always a pleasure uh, catching up with you. That there was uh, uh, Isaac Como, uh, who is uh, with the uh, uh, Channel Africa, where he's a producer and a presenter uh, here at the Public Broadcaster, sharing with us some of his own reflections on how far we've come as a continent. The man with the music is here, and uh, Sentler's going to be with you from 9 to midnight. You have yourself a great evening, and uh, reflect on how far we've come as uh, the African people and the tasks that lie ahead. And uh, we should not be reluctant or uh, uncomfortable when we say we want the free movement of people, goods and capital across our borders. And uh, this is the same continent that is said to have a billion strong workforce uh, by 2050. We dare not lose that opportunity. You have yourself a great evening and in Kumbuzane Ubagaluning Abanana Benzaga Ningamatola Nyongande Gujelana Ningabandana Bakula Kenembega Kastiegech and Azalan Namaz in Yukwai Lemita Isa Sluransayo Eyak Chanj Gubalos Gama Africa Sembo Tinakwai Nanguk Sisai Banga Le Konomi